You're listening to the Bill Chaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. It's finals week here on the campus of the University of North Dakota. It's also finals week for Summit League Women's Softball. Coming up this Saturday, Midco Sports Network will present the championship game live from Fargo, maybe featuring UND if things go right this weekend. But that's coming up live this Saturday on Midco SN, your home for regional sports. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Chaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shapes Podcast, taping this on a Monday morning, May the 6th. Happy post Cinco de Mayo to everybody. Finals week's here alongside producer David Polsky, University of North Dakota Athletics Director, Bill Shaves, and lots of guests, lots of associate ADs in the room right now. Um, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun day to have a lot of people here in your office, Bill. Lots of stuff going on to talk about. There are. There are. Uh, you know, it, it, we, we take one pot off and then uh, lots of things happen. <laughs> lots of things happen. So I think it, it's all about the podcast, really, yeah. Alex, at the end of the day. This is the epicenter of what's going on yeah, here. it sure is. Um, obviously, uh, you know, final week of the calendar school year is, yeah. is going on. And in the midst of all that, uh, it's been a busy, yeah, busy last two weeks uh, in your chair. Some, yeah. some coaching changes, certainly, and some long-term coaches that have meant a lot to the university. Moving on to, to different things in different parts of the country, I guess, just kind of, let's, let's start there. Just your thoughts on, yeah, where yeah. we are right now yeah, with, I mean, with some uh, of those moves. Yeah, certainly, you know, Brian Jones been here for 13 years yeah. and, and, and really went through just if you really think through it, I, I say that about my um, my predecessor, Brian Faison. He, you know, he went through just an am amazing amount of things as an athletic director. And Brian went from Division two to Division one, had an independent year and three different conferences. Yeah, isn't that wild? And, and led led the team to its first ever big dance in the division one era had little success over the yeah, course of that so time. i mean yeah, think, cool. think about that i mean that's just that that's a career yeah. in itself so great opportunity for brian um to uh to to go to illinois state and uh he'll be the uh the associate head coach there and uh and then uh from that that obviously leads an opening right so there's a chair yeah. that's open now at kind of a different time of year it's it's not in the cycle right it's, you know usually it happens right around before you know certainly uh before the final four but even right after regular season and so so this is kind of a unique time so we've got to kind of go through that search process much like we are with women's volleyball yeah and that's another one that we didn't get a chance to touch on with that news with mark Pryor a couple of weeks ago because again we were off last week with nchc conference meetings down in florida um and again mark you know putting in a ton of success with that program and again going back home to texas with his family to make make that tough decision it, it's always difficult when family gets into the equation but another another man that has done a, a great job for this university over the years yeah you know it, it, again i think everybody if you think about it you know we've got a number of different coaches and uh and, and we do create this one big athletic department but everyone has their individual lives right and yeah. they've got to figure out at what stage of the game you know does it make sense from the personal side to connect with the professional side and i think in both situations that's what occurred yeah. and so uh you know everyone's got to make their decisions as to what uh you know makes sense for them and i'll say that to all of our our staff is that i want them all to be ambitious i want them to do a great job while they're here and then hopefully have opportunities moving forward. And you never know when those opportunities are going to come. That's right. I mean, and these are just ironically kind of came together within a, a week apart mm -hmm. or so, somewhere in that range. But I, I think there was nothing, you know, in a sense connected to it. I mean, there's two separate programs, right, if course. you will. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but uh, you know, the unique part uh, was that I think the timing was there. But I think there were some similarities to it, too, as there, there kind of was thoughts from a personal side as to what they wanted to do. Yeah, certainly. And that's, 
a lot has been written, and I think a lot of tributes have, have been out there, and I, we're not going to spend a ton of time talking about that. I think we, we both, and I think everybody in this room, I think, understands what Brian and what Mark meant to the, their respective programs and to this university, and I think we're all very thankful for the job that they've done, taking each to the NCAA tournament, bringing them to new heights. The, the point of this podcast, and for the next however long, however long David lets us go today, is to talk about now what's next. I think that's what fans want to know. What is the next step in trying to get the right people to fill in for these two men that have done such a phenomenal job? And that's why Becky Lucky is here, to at least kind of go through some of that process. And Becky's the Associate AD for Business and Finance, been with the university for almost 10 years, two and a half years in athletics. First off, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Big day, Becky. Yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, you know, one thing under Becky's uh, uh, umbrella, she also have has uh, human resources yes. responsibilities. And so I think that's that's probably more important, Alex, than anything to just understand there's a process. Yeah. And so we've got to stay within a process. And uh, although, you know, it, I think maybe folks might think that you can just have a magic wand and boom, someone's going to be sitting in a chair. It's just not that yeah. easy, I'll say. And But our folks in human resources have worked tremendously with us for sure, but there's certainly boxes we need to check. Yeah. So let's talk about those boxes. So when, when a position like this opens up, obviously we have multiple, you know, two head coaching positions, men's basketball, you know, volleyball. These are premier programs within the conference here in the university, within the country. When things like this happen, Becky, then what, from an HR standpoint, what are some of the things that the university has to do first before it's just putting somebody into the chair next? Yep. So um, for all coaching positions, they um, are posted what we consider externally. So what, what that means is that, you know, internal applicants can apply for those positions, um, but they do have to be posted externally for a minimum of 10 days. Um, we can make that recruitment period longer if we'd like to, but at minimum, they have to be posted for 10 days. Um, and then as a department, we typically choose to then post, um, you know, the UND link to like NCAA and some of those athletic specific um, job marketing um, sides. But yeah, with, with coaches, we're allowed to go external right away. Um, now, some of our other different um, professional and staffing positions, um, HR kind of sometimes determines how those positions need to be posted. Some of those were allowed to post internal, external at the same time. Um, that again is 10 business days, but what that does it is it allows internal applicants first consideration. Um, and then there are some of like our um, entry level positions like um, you know office assistants, those types of positions, those all have to go internal first and that's a minimum of five days. Um, so really depending on the type of position, um, it's kind of a case-by-case -case thing. But for all coaching positions, which is probably what people are most um, interested in, it is a external posting for a minimum of 10 days. So there's should, that window. Should yeah. we want it posted externally? Because you, we could appoint someone should we want yes. to appoint someone if someone's in another role. And I think that's something that probably needs to be thought through. But if we want to um, see what's potentially out there, it needs to be posted for 10 business days. And so really, Alex, really what that does is, and I guess in uh, compliance vernacular, it kind of puts me in a dead period. Sure. You know, really. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm like in a recruiting dead period. And so it doesn't mean that I can't think through uh, you know, the potential uh, candidates that might be out there within the world that, you know, we live and, you know, some of the things that I see as an athletic director, but the actual process itself cannot really get going until those 10 business days uh, are done. Yeah. So that's good to know. I think that's something that people maybe don't 
fully grasp that there is that period that just, you know, from a legal legal standpoint, you have to kind of wait a little bit, give people the opportunity to apply. When you when that period is done and those applications start to come in or when you start to go external, I know some athletic departments will use a search firm or a search party. Mm-hmm. We've elected not to do that though here at UND for these. At least today, right? I mean, I, I'd say that anything's, I guess anything's possible, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, I think you kind of go into each search uh, wondering whether or not you'll use one of the firms that, that could be out there. And honestly, the firms have like a menu of, of type uh, services that they would provide really from the full meal deal <laughs> to maybe just, you know, a dessert. So at the end of it all, um, I, we're choosing not to go to the restaurant right now. Sure, we're gonna we're You're gonna, gonna make it yourself. We're, we're gonna cook ourselves. Cook it home. That's yes. good. <laughs> there's the a la carte options. There's the buffet, and then there's the stand. We're gonna stay home and figure it out, and that can be very successful. Now, in your in your tenure, you know, with different places that you've been, is there a percentage where you do you know we use search from half the time, or, or you've had more success maybe when it's just you working those connections and seeing the applications. What what have you noticed in yeah. your I time. think they're all case by case. Yeah. They they really are. I you know I I, I think there's there's time and uh, uh, space for for a search firm um, in certain instances, and I think some other times maybe not. And yeah. uh, you know I I'll say this is that you never know how the actual process will work itself out. I mean you really you yeah. really don't. And you know I would I would even suggest that it's not unrealistic to think even midway through a process you might then solicit someone's help for a portion of it. And, and again. Mm-hmm just if you kind of reach a point in uh, the actual navigation of where you're trying to go. But at this stage of the game, we're, we're choosing not to go down that path right now. Yeah. So Becky, with this hiring process, so once those 10 business days are wrapped, what then, what's, what's next? Um, so uh, the HR department will screen the individuals who make it past the minimum qualifications. Those names are then submitted to the hiring official. Um, and then at that time, the hiring official will choose the candidates um, that they would like to interview based on preferred criteria. Um, one thing to note um, that has changed um, in 2017, the North Total Legislature passed a bill that limited the release of applicants' names to, to just those individuals who are considered finalists. So individuals who apply throughout the process are protected until um, you know finalists are named. So I think that's important for yeah. people to understand. Yeah, this isn't a, you can just go and pop and look at open records and, and be able to see all the people that applied. Correct. That's that's protected now. So yep. good to know. That's a change. Yeah, just from a couple of years ago, as you said. Good. Well, good. There's a lot of details and a lot of legalese that kind of goes along with this. But thanks so much, Becky, for explaining some of that process and how this really works from an HR standpoint. Uh, and uh, two big searches on the way. So best of luck in the next couple of weeks figuring all this stuff out. Thank you. Awesome. Becky Lucky. Uh, so, Bill, from your chair, now that that, that part is, is kind of wrapped up, when you are going through this process and trying to determine and when you get a lot of candidates for positions like this and HR is passing you names, what, what are you looking for and what is kind of your process? Yeah, you know, it's a uh, when it finally does come to me, I, I think really what you're looking for, Alex, is, and, and I'll tell you, you could do five searches, five, five, the same search five times in a row like let's just say month after month and you can maybe have five different results. And I think because you're looking for the right fit at the right time. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes candidates might have one or the other, but they won't necessarily have both. 
And, and so you just never know really until you go through the process. And I, you know, I, I kind of liken it to some degree, like, um, you know, a couple getting married, right? I mean, you just, the I do's eventually have to be said, but until you really get there, you never, ever know because it's tricky. I mean, um, sometimes you think you might know how a, a particular process is going to go. Uh, and, and you know what, you sometimes even can get surprised right to the end. And so, uh, um, but we're excited about it. I, I know this, um, both positions are attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate what coach Jones and coach Breyer have been able to do because without their, uh, you know, ability to do what they've done over 13 years and five years, respectively, these positions wouldn't be attractive as attractive as they are. So, uh, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're excited about it, but, um, uh, but there is a process. That's all I will say, you know, and I think the big one too, is the 10 business days piece. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, that that's real, that's real. And so, you know, there's, there's some things that I have to, you know, pause on before we kind of get moving on this. So, uh, just like everybody else, I'm anxious to get things moving and get it done, but I have to do it within obviously state laws and doing the things that have to be done, uh, from a UND standpoint. Yeah. So there is a question that I think people maybe who are listening to this, who are summit league people would want to know we're talking about 10 business days where the window has to be available. But if you look at the South Dakota state search for a men's basketball coach, you know, TJ Otzelberger left for UNLV and literally like an hour later eric henderson was named the head coach but you can do that but you can because it was an in you're talking because, in, from because they're, all, they're, they're already on on your staff gotcha so okay you can do that no different than bradbury gotcha good so that's that's and that's what that's what i figured but that's just so everybody's clear on the same page that's why there's a difference there between those but two not searches. but not bubba schweiger because bubba he was not on the staff. staff yes exactly. those are the two different those are the differentials good Good. Doesn't mean that you couldn't hire someone that's on the staff if you so choose to want to go through a process too. That's like the third Mm -hmm. part of it that could happen. (laughs) That's the appetizer. But you don't. You don't know the thing and the and that could happen too. When you when you vet out everybody and you go through the process and you decide, you know what, our best candidate was in house. Absolutely. You make that decision. That can happen. So it doesn't mean just because we're going through this process that someone on staff would not be available. In fact, I've seen a number of times that that's occurred. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, and part of it is. Because well, there's 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 reasons that each one of them makes sense for their own reason, sure. and so. Uh, but like I said, um, so there are some definitely some interesting things that you have to make sure that you're uh, dotting i's and crossing t's, and that's why you know we have folks that that work in the department like Becky who kind of keep us on the straight yeah. and narrow, yeah. which is awesome. Certainly, well, Becky, the latest associate athletic director to jump on the podcast, one man who's been on the pod before from that chair, is Cal Doporowski, who's going to step in now. Because we just wrapped up a coaching search, and this was a, another process that you know, with with Dick Clay retiring after three decades of being the head cross country coach here at the University of North Dakota, and then Kevin Galbraith also deciding to to get a little closer to home and wrapping up his time as the head track and field coach. That was a position, two positions really that were available. And this past week, we were ex- excited to name Christine Engel as the new head track and field and cross country coach. Kyle Doporowski is here to talk about that. Talk about that process. Kyle. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. And I'm glad you mentioned Coach Clay and Coach Galbraith because uh, we have to mention those guys. Uh, almost 45 years combined between the two of them at UND and what a tremendous job they both did over the years. And Coach Galbraith leading the track and field programs. Uh, you know, probably the biggest highlight uh, from a team perspective anyway was finishing fourth indoors on the women's side back in 2016 at NAU up at Elevation. We we weren't fully funded at that point with scholarships and just did a tremendous job across the board and all the event groups really really done a nice job uh, and then you talk about yeah coach clay my goodness uh, a long long time here at north dakota and uh 
deserves all the recognition that, that he has uh, been given and will continue to get as time goes along with his time here at North Dakota. Uh, with that being said, yes, tremendously excited about Christine Engel. She separated herself from an absolutely fantastic uh, pool of applicants. We had uh, over 60 people that applied and uh, really did a tremendous job throughout the process, has a tremendous amount of energy. Her passion for the sport, uh, you could just almost feel it and see it uh, yeah. when, when she talks. And she's coming from Fresno State where she was the head cross country and assistant track and field coach. Before that, she was the head women's distance coach at Duke. Previously to that was at Elon and really did a nice job at Elon turning the cross country program around there uh, and has done a real nice job throughout her career at various different stops, also at Columbia and San Francisco as well. So a lot of different experiences she's bringing to lead all six sports here at North Dakota. You talk about men's women cross country men's women's uh, indoor and outdoor yeah. uh, all six yeah and that's a big a big task of course and previously as you just had mentioned it was broken up amongst two head coaches talk about the decision now to merge that into one with christine coming in yeah, and so technically Coach Clay reported to Coach Galbraith and Coach Galbraith was then charged with all six sure. and so uh, Coach Ingle just like Coach Galbraith is in charge of all six. And so she just happens to coach the distance runners. And so she will be uh, coaching the cross country sure. runners as well as the fall, <laughs> as well as in charge sure. of the other four sports in the spring semester. Yeah. And that's one, if you look around the summer league, everybody, it's kind of like you're, you're the head coach, the associate head coach. There's a lot of different titles. And this is, this is complicated when it's men and women and distance and sprints and field. And there's a lot going on there, but that's, that's neat to hear that. Yeah. She'll continue the reins and keep it sort of status quo is what we've been doing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think depending on what discipline you came from, that yeah. that's kind of, you know, it depends then how you work the cross country piece. Sure. And so it was just maybe a little bit uh, different given the fact that, that Dick was, was uh, uh, technically in a sense, a head coach of cross country, you know, but still was under the track and field umbrella. Yeah. So, so anyways, we're excited to have Christine uh, come join us. And uh, I know there's, uh, you know, still some uh, work to be done by Kevin and Dick here in the next uh, couple of weeks and same with Christine on her side so we'll get her uh, we'll get her going here once uh, once her season uh, concludes and obviously once our season concludes as well yeah how important was it to get a coach in place at, at this time you know before you know we there's a month left in the high school track and field season a month and a half left really from around the upper Midwest to get someone in have that face ready to go even as you know summer league championships are this coming week outdoors in Macomb and obviously regionals and nationals are still a little ways in the future. How big was it to get her here now? Bill talked about each search being its own, and this was unique in the fact that two of the four coaching positions in that program we knew were retiring, yeah. and we knew that several months ago. And so I think our process uh, was really on point. We were really intentional about wanting to start at first. I think the job closed on March 22nd. We wanted to be first or among the first in this wave of hiring to try to assure ourselves that we get really quality candidates, which obviously was the case for sure. And so this gives us a, a little bit of time to name the coach and there is, there's always going to be transition, and mm -hmm. we know that both uh, her team at Fresno State and our team, like you mentioned, here at North Dakota have the conference outdoor meets this week as we're recording this right now. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we wanted to be first, and you, as Bill talked about, you just never know what the timeline is going to be yeah. like. And uh, internally, this is about the time where we had kind of hoped that we were going to be able to make an announcement. And um, 
that's the way it played out this time. Yep, I know. I mean, I, you know, we, uh, we looked back, uh, you know, right around, I will say holiday time. And we kind of put a, a, a schedule out in our, in our own thoughts as far as what could, could work out. And it kind of worked right to, right to the day and, and credit to, to Kyle who ran a awesome search. And, uh, um, but you know, it's a, uh, you never know. I mean, it could have been a month later. You just just yeah. never know how it plays itself out. We said May first, and the announcement was May second, and it doesn't yeah. <laughs> always work out that way. But we were, we we were pretty fortunate this time. He's a track guy. He's like by the numbers. Yeah, right on. Just, right I on. mean, you know, I forgot my stopwatch. Too. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, it's, I know that both of those programs, when you look at cross country, but then men's and women's track, you know, outdoor, indoor, et cetera, that you can see that progression is really starting to come. And, and the work that the men that had been in charge of those programs have done a phenomenal job. And if you talk about someone that has a bunch of enthusiasm for the sport and coaching up kids, and that's going to pay dividends to a group that, again, when you look down the, the Summit League performance list right now, there's a North Dakota kid in the top 10 or the top five or the top three in a lot of dis and dis different disciplines on both sides. It's exciting to see that continue to grow coming up with Christine. coming. Up yeah. Home. And I think coaching goal is really dialed into the fact that we talked about Coach Clay, 34 years as a head coach at the University of North Dakota, Kevin Galbraith, eight. And then before that, Mike Grandall was nearly 30. Mm -hmm. And so there hasn't been a whole lot of turnover in that chair that Bill talks about leading that program. And I know uh, Coach Clay was women's and Coach Grandall was men's for a while in the Division II era. Uh, but she really respects that fact and spoke to that, that she's going to take that uh, and will take that tremendously serious that it's an honor to lead this program and there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunity to do that. And so I think that will be really easy for people to see once she gets in Grand Forks, which is going to be sometime in June, probably whenever her group finishes up at Fresno state. Mm -hmm. uh, but her official start date uh, is May 13th, a week from today when we're recording this. So she'll, uh, and she, we've already had a lot of conversations, but she'll get going uh, at the University of North Dakota from a remote standpoint, uh, starting on May 13th. Yeah. Exciting stuff. For, it is. Yeah. It is. So congrats, uh, Kyle. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're all excited to have Christine join, uh, join the department and uh, she should be here uh, soon. Good stuff from Kyle Doporowski. Big thanks to Kyle and to Becky and to everybody else that's been a part of this process who, who jumped on the pod today, a lot of things to talk about in the midst of that. And honestly, too, a really busy time for you, Bill, because it's not just now kind of figuring out some of the coach search parts of the job, but also conference meetings for the NCHC were taking place this past week down in Florida. The reason why we didn't record this past week's pod, what was the main talking points? What, were, what was your vibe? What was the feel down in Florida this past week? Yeah, you know, the... Uh you know, whenever you get to year-end, academic year-end, for sure, obviously graduations this Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, there's always a lot of, uh, um, you know, always those year-end type meetings. And for uh, for the NCHC, they always combine it with uh, with the uh, coaches' convention, which uh, occurs uh, midweek last week. So I, I was there from uh, Sunday, Sunday to Wednesday morning, and so uh, and then came back. But, um, yeah, it's a non- it's a non-rule year, non-change non yeah. year, if you will. And so, you know, the conversations, I would say, Alex, were more, I, I would say, uh, focused in on our own conference and, and just maybe how we can, you know, do some things. Obviously, travel was a big conversation based on what we had, you know, to go right. with this year. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of unpacked some of that stuff and, and debriefed it. And, uh, you know, just wondering, is there any way we can do things maybe even better or, or think through some things to help programs? And, you know, and that's some of the things that the, the conference office is always trying to do. You know, how can they continue to support the eight schools? And uh, so, you know, a lot of internal conversations 
conversation in that regard. And so uh, um, I think next year, you know, might be a little bit different when, uh, when again, it's, it's more of a rule year, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, I saw Bradbury and, and the guys won the golf tournament. So that was that was a positive over the course of the weekend. Yeah, if you're going to play, win. <laughs> you might as well win. So so that side of it's going well. Um, we should also mention, too, if we're talking hockey, there, of course, then was a position open on staff as well as Matt Shaw is leaving the program. Uh, there's only two assistant spots available, you know, at the University of North Dakota, now one open as well. You know, I'm sure you've obviously had a conversation yep. with Brad. How how involved will he be? I'm assuming very much so in the process to find someone to put on his staff. Yeah, you know, I, I he's he'll he'll lean on me. I think from a just uh, what do you think type of uh, you know scenario. But at the end of it all, he's got to make sure that I guess everything meshes within the you know not only not only the coaching staff, but then also how does that bleed with the rest of the locker room? Yeah. So uh, um, so he's in that process too. But literally, he's kind of in that weight mode a bit too so uh he's got to uh you know once you kind of uh hurry up and wait then then you can kind of get things moving and uh hopefully here in the not so distant future he'll be able to get the uh, wheels in motion and then you know i i think like like everyone you know i i i'm not a big uh, you know, believer that you, you have to rush, rush into something. You want to get hopefully what is the right decision for the for the program or programs and when you're in the hiring mode. So I'm sure he's going to be thinking in those terms too. Now, having said that, it was probably good for him that he was able um, to at least probably get an idea of whether or not some – people may or may not be interested in a position or not, you know? Sure. So, so anyways, I, you know, he's, he's uh, working that through right now and we'll see what transpires. Yeah. Well, obviously a very attractive position, yeah. just like men's basketball, just like volleyball. It, these are good jobs up here. They're going to be available and we're going to yes. get some good candidates, I think in the house pretty soon. So, I would agree. Uh, by the way, we should mention as well, uh, some of Brad's, Former players having a pretty good week with Christian Milanen being named to the United States yes. World team that's going to be coming up and competing, and then Tyson Joe scoring his first playoff goal the other night for Colorado. There's been it's this time of year is always fun to see guys that were just in this no program doubt. continue to make their mark on the national. Yeah, scene. I, w- I was watching that. I was Tyson's goal was great, and so uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's fun to see, and uh, you know the uh, it's such a grind the uh, NHL playoffs. It's yeah. unbelievable, uh, but uh, at the end, it's always good to see. Uh, you know, former UND players doing great at the next level. Yeah, certainly, certainly. As the Stanley Cup rolls along, I mean, so does Summer League Softball. We, we teased this at the beginning. The Summer League Softball Championships taking place this week in Fargo, starting on Wednesday. The University of North Dakota earning the five seed after two really good back-to-back weekends. Uh, last weekend, their final home weekend, again, kind of their first true home weekend because they were playing at Apollo for the first time. And they take two of three from a very good South Dakota State team. And then last weekend, this past weekend, down in Fargo, they take one off the seven-time, eight-time now Summit League champion North Dakota State, uh, snapping an eight-game winning streak for the Bison. So entering this tournament, Bill, on really a great wave of momentum and they get the Jackrabbits in the four or five to start things off. Yeah, I, I think you know it gives our team confidence that you know we can play with the best, yeah. and uh, you know it, for sure uh, the last uh, the last two weekends going uh, three and three against those two teams was uh, was impressive. And uh, yeah, obviously you'd have to say the Bison are the favorite going in, but but it's still a bit 
open though you know if yeah. you get rolling a little bit you never know if you could roll through uh the week slash going into the weekend so uh it should be it should be a lot of fun and uh i know that uh the game on sunday i was impre- impressed with because it was a good bounce back from saturday it was the, uh, the, the saturday games in fargo we had a chance to do those games live on midco sn and game one was tight and it was a low scoring game and then game two just a bad first inning and it just kind of snowballed from there, and, and it, it didn't didn't yeah. last the full amount. But like you said, to bounce back on Sunday, win the regular season finale. Now you know, and Janae Jones has been phenomenal all season. He was a freshman kid that uh, pitched great against the, the Jacks last week, and then Nikki Pika as well, who had pitched a complete game and shut out one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're, they're, the arms are starting to come alive, and it was a young group of arms that are picking it up now, and now the bats are starting to come alive as well for Jordan Stevens. So excited to see how it plays out, and again, the championship game or games. If it ends up being a two-gamer, those will be live on Midco SN this weekend from Fargo. Should be great. And then, of course, uh, right in that same time frame is the uh, is track and field That's championships right. yep. in Macomb. So, yeah. uh, so keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, those start on Thursday, and you get multi-events going, and then some of the distance events. And then Saturday is, of course, the big day when everything's a final. And that's a really fun meet. Yep. We've seen it in Vermilion and in Fargo around here in recent years. Macomb's got it this year. You'd be paying attention on Saturday to see where UND shakes out. And like we talked about earlier with Kyle, there are some kids that have great chances to win championships. Obviously, we know Molly Detloff in the throws and Kylie Foster in the vault, but it's not just that. There are some really good sprinters, some great distance kids, some pretty good relay teams as well. So I, I'm coming off a weekend of doing track down in Sioux yep. Falls for a couple of days. Very much in tune and excited to see how our kids do coming up this weekend at Western Illinois. Should be a lot of fun, no question about it. And again, uh, have a good weekend here and maybe head to regionals with, with yeah. some of our student athletes as yeah. well. And then one unique thing too, and we'll touch on this later, almost always the national track and field championships for outdoor are in Eugene, Oregon, mm-hmm. Track Town, USA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. beautiful historic Hayward Field. That's under construction this year. They uh, got a, yep. a hefty little gift from Phil Knight and Nike to make it into, I mean, obviously it already, Hayward Field is already a world-class facility, but to make it a, a, a 20,000 seat, you know, beautiful iconic type thing where they're going to host worlds in a couple of years that's under construction now so instead of being in oregon they'll be in texas so if kylie molly etc make it to nationals this year they won't be going west they'll be going south yeah so uh, i think they'll be in austin so uh, yeah it'll be a uh, be the place to be bill it's the place to be it's the place to be you know it's a uh good good for a lot of the uh the, the student athletes that have made it previously too to get different experience so certainly. it should be great yeah. University of Texas do a great job yeah good thing is on the way certainly for for all of our programs coming up with some great opportunity here as the spring sports season winds down anything else Bill on your agenda in terms of, of UND stuff before we talk about Spurs for 45 minutes no just congratulations <laughs> to all all the students that are going to uh, be graduating on Saturday and so yeah, uh, yeah just a fun day for sure on the 11th and uh, you know obviously we're going to have a good uh, chunk of student athletes that'll be uh, in, in that mix as well, but but congratulations to all the families and students that yeah, will certainly. be uh, getting their degrees. Be great. One cool thing, by the way, too, before we go full B side, um, we haven't talked since the Champions Bowl and and since the Night of Excellence, which were both last week, kind of that last week of April. Yep. Uh, Champions Bowl, obviously, another huge success, a record breaking night in terms of money raised. Uh, that, that was your first. It was it was actually my first too of actually being there in person for the Champions Ball. What were your thoughts on the night? Yeah, well, one one you did a great job, Alex. Um, number one, um, it, but the uh, I, I thought 
it was a, just an awesome event and really loved the every other year concept. Yeah. I, I really do. I said it to, to Val and, uh, and to Steve and to Mike Manas and to Deanna and all the team that's over at, at Alumni Foundation. And, you know, it just, um, you know, at, Every, lots of us have done events on an annual basis, and once you get done and you take a deep, you know, deep breath, it's tough sometimes because you know it's like less than twelve months away again. Yeah. But this one, at least, you have a little bit of time to decompress and then evaluate and see where it goes. But no, we appreciate all your efforts that night, and it was great. But you're right. The other piece was the Night of Champions, which uh, that was something that was going on while I was in Florida, and so yeah. uh, um, that was a, a again a, just a, a great event uh, as it always is. And uh, our staff does a phenomenal job on, on putting that on. And I, th I guess that was a from what I'm gathering was a 62 minute affair it was trying to be 60 minutes but it was 62 <laughs> minutes and uh you know what it just less is more yeah and i think yeah, you want to get in yeah. you want to get out but i think our student athletes love the ability to dress up kind of go down a red carpet yeah. and then uh kind of get their photo taken and then go do the deal yeah congrats to molly detloff who for the second straight year yeah. was named the female athlete of the year and then brady Oliveira, who just got drafted 14th 14th overall by winnipeg in the cfl draft was the male athlete of the year pretty cool stuff yeah. for those kids but a ton of kids obviously were recognized Go to undsports.com to get the full list. Uh, we have a lot of outstanding young men and women getting their chance to just be recognized and honored for their, their contributions to UND Athletics. Yeah, and thank you to Dick Clay for being the our keynote. And uh, he was, uh, you know, I, I, you know, if if any of you know Dick, he's a, he's a humble man and he just uh, pretty soft spoken. But you know, I, I think he appreciated the opportunity to go up and just give a few words of uh, sort of what he's seen over his, uh, you know, uh, three decade plus. Yeah. Um, you know, time here at, at UND. Yeah, very cool. Really good stuff. Uh, well, with that, let's move over to the B side, and we will we'll be brief. We're not going to go yeah, super yeah. super no. in depth on this because no. it's been there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. Not a great week. Not a great week for either of our teams, really. But from a Spurs perspective, uh, Champions League semifinal will start there. A one nothing home defeat to Ajax. It kind of could have been worse. Should have been. Should have probably been worse. But but you're still in the tie. You're still in the tie going back to Holland on Wednesday. Your thoughts. Yeah, we we were, and again, I can use we because I want to use we. Uh, we were not good early on. Yeah. First 20 minutes, I thought it could have been, oof, could have yeah. been 2-3. Uh, kind of righted the ship a little bit, and then the second half played pretty well. And so, you know, just really to get out of there truly, and, and they, they were lucky, even though they carried play in the second half, um, Ajax ended up hitting a, a – a, 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 uh, hitting the upright, yeah, hitting hitting, a bar. A, hitting yeah. a bar, and I, you know, that easily could have been two nothing. That would have been tricky, yeah. and so you know they have a shot. They have a shot, and they're you know with Sun back on the field against them, it's it will be a little bit more difficult for Ajax to defend them the way they were able to defend them this time. So regardless of where the game was being played, I, I thought you know it was uh, just got out of there and away you go. And you know, unfortunately for for you. The next day, I was flying back, and I, of course, just saw the score, mm. and I said to my son, I said, wow, Liverpool got crushed. And he says, N actually not. They actually played better. They actually they, they actually probably carried play uh, yeah. and then just couldn't get, <laughs> just, couldn't, couldn't just get couldn't the score. finish, right? Yeah, couldn't yeah. score. So, yeah, that's it makes me feel a little better that, the, you know, Jurgen Klopp said after the fact, like, that was one of our best Champions League games, maybe our best Champions League game in two years. And they made the final last year. Yep. But they still got they, they, all that matters in this competition unfortunately is what the final scoreline was and they didn't get an away goal at the new camp and they gave up two to Leo Messi and one to former Liverpool striker Luis Suarez so three nil 
back at Anfield on Tuesday. It's going to be hard. It is a mountain to climb. But if you think back to Istanbul, Bill, back in 2005, yeah. Liverpool were down 3 nothing in a final in the first half to AC Milan and came back and won that in penalties. So it's 3 nothing has been a scoreline that for whatever reason, you know, Liverpool fans look at that. And you get good, even though you're down, you sort of have good memories. So I'm well, not going to hold my breath, but well, we'll, we'll, I, I, we'll see. It, and I'll say something that's obviously just, you know, a, a no-brainer. But, but for you all, for sure, you got to score first. You've got to yeah. make it three one. You <laughs> yes. got to make it three yes. one. Yep. And, and you know what? Maybe it, then you get them going. But the, the, the with it being three nothing, you know you got to go right from yeah. from jump right. Yeah. And so uh, it, it'll be challenging for sure. Yeah. And uh, but you know you never know. I mean, hey, I, I didn't know what to expect when when Tottenham played at City in that one game, and that thing was a train wreck for the first eleven minutes. And so four you goals just, in eleven. You yeah. just never know. This, how it's all this could go. be. I think it will be an open contest. Has like, to be. As you said, they will. Ha- Liverpool will have to come out and play because they need to score three either three and not allow any or score four or more if they're going to allow a couple to move on and that's going to open them up and Barcelona is a really good team with the ball at their feet and with some fast players when you think of Usman Dembele and Messi and all those guys running at <laughs> running at Allison and goal uh, it'll be it'll be a, an entertaining contest for the neutrals. Let's just say that. As will Wednesday's Wednesday's game, by the way, for Spurs and Ajax. Yeah, I think I think Spurs will. Um, you know, I, we'll see. I mean, this past weekend was interesting. How the Premier League was shaping up, yeah. right? And it just uh, again, it's the. It, Spurs have been lucky that 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 the other teams have not wanted to. Uh, how should I say? Win. <laughs> they, they've gotten a point, but they yeah, haven't won. Exactly. And and so now I, I think it. You've, what, you've locked it up. It's almost pretty much. It, it's it's, it, it's not a hundred percent, but it's in the nineties. If you were to lose like five nil, because the goal differential. Okay, so right now just to play it's it eight, up, right? It's eight. Yep. So Chelsea, Chelsea's on seventy-one points. Spurs are on seventy. That's third and fourth. And Arsenal are behind you at sixty-seven. But there's an eight-goal gap that Arsenal will have to make up. So Spurs would have to lose very badly and Arsenal would have to have a just a uh, an outstanding performance to level that goal differential because the best they can do is tie you but you'd win that tiebreaker so more than likely, more than likely. you're moving on to the Champions League uh, yeah for however many years in a row so you know it wasn't pretty but you're able to, no, do, to do enough it, to get it, the job Saturday done. Saturday morning wasn't pretty. Oh, my gosh. Did you watch that? I did not, but I heard about it. So you talk about Sun. Sun sent off, fourth sent off. Nine-man Spurs trying to take on Bournemouth, and you eventually fall to the Cherries, one nothing. Ignominious the, weekend. The, the, the Cherries <laughs> haven't won in a while. It's been a tough and, go for uh, Eddie Howe. T- yeah, it has been a tough go. But, uh, yeah, it just was not a great uh, situation. And, I, you know, it was funny, Alex. I um, – that, you know, the Spurs had two yellows in the first half too. Mm. And so so then Poch came out and, and replaced replaced those guys. One was with Foyt. Yeah. And so he came floating out <laughs> and just after Sun. And again, I, they kind of got the retaliator uh, to some degree, yeah. but Sun needed to be a little bit more poised there. Yeah. He gets sent out. I think it was the right call. Yeah. And then uh, and then I don't know what Foyt was doing. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that was. But to get to nine, yeah. and then they get close to the – then, then you just want to – a point. Sure. Yeah, and right. they, exactly. they, 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 yeah. they came close. To, if they had a point, it would be locked up right now, yeah. even though it's somewhat locked up. Somewhat. You're, you're in good shape. Yeah, it'll be okay. We're in good shape, but we're not there yet. One one game left on Sunday, Super Sunday in the yep. Premier League. All Which the is games, great. I love it, this. It is a lot of fun. All the games start at the same time. It'll be 9 o'clock Central on Sunday. NBC does a great job of putting every single yep. game on all of their Oxygen and Sci-Fi and all these other random channels. All at the same They'll time. They'll all be on. So your team will be on television, which will be great. Now, in a, in a, in, a, in I'll say a, uh, other years, there would be – 
things happening at both ends of oh, the table. The drama. The drama is unbelievable. Yeah, but but right sure. now, we already know who's being relegated. We know who's down, yep, and we, we know who's in the Champions League now, basically. For the most part. For the most part. The only, the only drama will be, though, very much so at the top, where it is still up in the air. And depending on what happens today, again, taping this on a Monday, Man City's playing Leicester this afternoon at 2 o'clock, so in a couple hours. I know, I know what I'll yeah, be doing. Yeah. If City win, then obviously they would still have a point advantage over Liverpool and they would still control their own destiny. City have won like 12 straight EPL games in a row, which is driving me crazy. They just don't lose. Liverpool, I thought, were probably going to maybe slip up this weekend against Newcastle, against their old manager, Rafa they Benitez. They found they a way. They found a way. Divock Origi in the 86th minute. So they're still in front, but again... More than likely, you know, it's Liverpool have a tough match against Wolves this weekend at home. City have to go to a to a Brighton team who is not very good. They just have escaped relegation because Cardiff have been so bad lately. But uh, the odds of City dropping points to Brighton are very, 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 very slim. But they could potentially tie Leicester today. Yes. We'll see. We'll see if the Broj, again, former Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers, if he can, Jamie Vardy and the boys can find a way to uh, nick a point. I just want a point from that, the that is, um, that is at Leicester? That is at... Ooh, that, yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I kind of think that's at City, I think. Cause uh, they, it's at City. Yeah, it's at the end. Uh, so that'll be tough. But but you never know. Leicester, Leicester's dangerous. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're a good team. So I'll tell you what they they this this could be very interesting. Yeah. So if City don't drop points today, it's they're they're not going to drop points the final day of the season. My wife um, Kelsey, who's who is very kind to me and listens to my soccer conversations in the car and, and at the dinner table and things like that, said, "Well, maybe they'll be overlooking this bad team that City are going to have to play." And I kind of said, "Well, it's the last game of the year, though. Not on the last it's, one. It, it's it's only a trap game if there's something that's bigger looming. That's right. And now that they're out of the Champions, I suppose they got the FA Cup final, but." They'll be paying attention to this one. Yeah, the they'll other, want this the, one. The, the last thing I'll say about soccer, and then we'll be done, yeah. is uh, is what's interesting is Arsenal still uh, could get find their way in Champions League play, though they they've got to find their way to uh, what to an FA Cup, to, excuse me, a Europa Cup win, yep. which they might end up having to play Chelsea, right? Yep, that's kind of what's in play right now. It will probably be a, a London derby in the Europa League final. And Chelsea obviously already in the Champions League now. They're in the three spot, and yep. they can't be caught by Arsenal. They've locked up Champions League football for next year. But Tottenham can catch them. Tottenham can catch them. So, so, and this is this is where, and we'll talk more about this next we, week. We but, can talk about that. But the one thing yeah. I will say though is the fourth place team does not play in. That's a change. Yep. That's, that's the change. That's the change. So, so it's so, not so, as big so, of a penalty. So it's not year. as big yep. of a deal per se. Yeah. Most of the time, that play-in game would sort of be a formality where you kind of the, the English team would almost always beat the team from you never Hungary know. or whoever you have to play. But you also have to come to your club earlier. You have to report earlier. You have to play more games. You know, it's never it's you'd never prefer, a, you'd, you'd prefer, prefer to be third. You want to just be in, be over there. and now you don't have to worry about it. Yep. You're good. Fourth is as good as gold. Fourth is as good as first. <laughs> without really? the trophy, without from, the a, trophy. from a Champions League perspective. Well, fourth is yeah. certainly as good as second. Yes. That's, yes. For, that's accurate to, yes. to some degree. <laughs> and then finally, yeah. finally, the Red Sox are close to, to uh, 500. Yeah. It's, it's been a big old climb. Pitching a little bit better. better. Chavis has been. That's He's been, been great. Yeah. Has he six home runs? It's been phenomenal. Yeah. He's I think lead, lead, a tie for the major league lead since he came up in home runs. going to be hard for Dustin to come back, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it's going to. I mean, he's yeah. he's back trying a rehab assignment right now, but yeah. it just doesn't feel like it has that, that it's going to happen. No? You he's know had who, a great career. We salute him. It, yeah. You know who's got to uh, button it up just a little bit better at third base is Devers. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he, every time he makes an error, it leads to three. 
<laughs> I mean, really, it leads to three every time he makes an error. I'm just telling you, yeah. just not good. And I, yeah. I was, it, yeah. and, and I, I'm, I hate to, I'm going to put Chris Sale on the spot here. Is that <laughs> I, I, I can't really, I can't really give him that credit in Chicago because I'm guaranteeing he was amped. Yeah, it's a different, against the White Sox. I need him to do against the Rays or or, or the Royals, so, someone else. <laughs> Right? Yeah. He will, you know. You think so? Keep the faith. I, I'm I ho- just I worried. Hope so. I I'm hope worried. So. Hopefully, uh, they, hopefully they shut him down for a little bit at some point. He can try and get right again. We'll see. Or maybe he'll just pitch his way back into shape. You know, you never know. Well, <laughs> when has that ever happened before? No, no, I know. But hey, they're, they're climbing. And they I'll are. tell you what, it's given good. where they started, yeah. it could be a lot worse right now. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I mean, to be like five and a half out right now and they're just right now, they're, they're yeah, okay. They're doing fine. They're okay. I think they've got Baltimore coming up. So that I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But they've just got to get over 500 and go. And good for the Twins. I'll say that. One more one yeah. last thing. Seriously, the Twins have been Phenomenal. playing great. Great season for them. So good for far. them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, uh, I, again, I've got no no dog in that fight in the Central. So so go, go Twins. Go Twins. We're going to win Twins. Here we go. <laughs> awesome. Well. We will be back at this next week on behalf of David Folsky, all of our guests, Becky and Kyle, Athletic Director Bill Chaves. I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Good luck in finals. We'll talk to you soon.